Welcome to the Questions Faith Podcast. I'm Brad Stevens here with Dr. Timothy Laredo, and today we're exploring the question, why Christian heritage? Appreciating our Christian heritage is essential for gaining a deeper understanding of our values, beliefs, and really even our personal identity. The subject of Christian heritage is not something just about the past, but it really has an implication for our present and our future. As we navigate days in which are very uh, uncertain and our world is changing rapidly, understanding our Christian heritage can really help us as we seek to mature in our Christian faith. In this episode, we'll be talking with Reverend Tim Webb. Pastor Webb has served as a senior pastor of Refuge Holiness Tabernacle in Burlington, Kentucky for over 15 years. Pastor Webb is a third-generation pastor with an extensive heritage as a Christian. He and his wife, Leah, have been married for 18 years and are blessed with two daughters, Landry and Elizabeth. Welcome to the Questions of Faith podcast, Pastor Tim. We're so glad that you are here. Thank you, Dr. Laredo. It's an honor to be with you and Brother Brad. We're so glad that you're here today and looking forward to this important episode. So before we dive into this episode, would you please just take a moment to introduce yourself uh, to our audience? Uh, absolutely. So as Dr. Laredo already stated, my, my name's Timothy Webb. My wife's name's Leah. And uh, we have two precious daughters. Uh, one is six years old and one is a nine month old. And uh, they're just uh, a wonderful blessing to us. And we've been pastoring here at Refuge Tabernacle for 15 years. And the Lord's just doing a great work there and helping us in a great way. And we're thankful for that. And uh, I just uh, I appreciate this uh, podcast very much. And, and this episode means a lot to me and my uh, Christian heritage. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to join with us today. Uh, in uh, real time here, we uh, we actually just had a revival at Faith Tabernacle with um, Brother and Sister Webb. And man, awesome. they blessed our church and helped mm-hmm. us so much. We Greatly appreciate you coming all the way to Texas and uh, ministering to us. It was a wonderful time. So in this episode, we're talking uh, about Christian heritage, thinking about uh, what it means to have the faith passed down to us um, and also to pass it down to the next generation. And so where we'd like to start off with this in this episode is as a starting point, what do you see as the biblical principles for the importance of passing down a Christian heritage? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, Well, if we expect the next generation to receive and carry on the Christian faith, and uh, we as parents, and as whether you're a a parent, a natural parent or a spiritual parent, uh, Mm -hmm. we must be diligent in our efforts to teach uh, biblical principles of salvation and Christian living such as uh, Deuteronomy 6 and 7, where the scripture said, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, all the time. (laughs) He's saying, pass it down all day, every day. And Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And uh, if we don't pass it down, then they'll rise up another generation that knows not the Lord nor his mighty works. Yeah, yeah. And 
and you know some Old Testament principles there of passing it down to the next generation and our faith. I was thinking as you were talking there about how uh, our faith is built upon a heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? This 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 passing it down through family, and uh, you know how really the story of Scripture is that you know uh, Adam from Adam and Eve, uh, starting with this couple. And then Noah, this family that God set apart. Um, and, uh, you know, within each of those, they had, you know, some problems. But but God's desire was to see the family pass down this, uh, the faith and to it, it, it go beyond just one generation. But uh, scripture says one generation speaking to another generation of the goodness of the Lord. And so, yeah, um, and thinking about that within a biblical framework, um, it's something that is a, a responsibility, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Before we before we jump too far in and further, how about you give us a little bit of your history and your heritage? Um, with these guests that we have on, we like them to be experts in their field, whatever the question is. And someone may not know you and the heritage that you have. So yeah. uh, we chose you for a reason. And could you give us a little bit of that history with your family? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so my mother and father, both of their families, so their mom and dads, both were pastors. So my grandpa Taylor, which is on my mom's side, and my grandpa Webb, which is on my dad's side. Uh, they they both were pastors for as long as I can remember. Uh, my grandpa Webb, uh, he came into the faith as a middle-aged man, as first-generation Pentecostal. And uh, actually, uh, my grandma made the, made the statement. She said, um, I will never be a Pentecostal because I'm never going to act the way that they act and worship wow. the way that they worship and so on. And uh, she got invited to a tent revival, and uh, <laughs> the Lord moved in a mighty way, and uh, she she went up front to pray, and uh, she said, I don't know what these people got, but whatever it is, I want it. And uh, she went through to salvation, and then all the way through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and she got the rolling in the floor on the on the first uh, service that she prayed. Wow! And and uh, she became Pentecostal. And uh, so, <laughs> anyways, my my uh, grandpa Webb, uh, he was invited to to be a part of a another tent meeting to preach. And um, as him and the other brother, his name was Brother Coffee. They went and they preached for this. There wasn't even a church there, just a little community that was so poor they were not, was unable to go to where my, my grandpa, uh, he didn't pastor there, but he was a minister in the church. And um, so they went and visited uh, this community. They set up a tent. Uh, about 30 to 40 people got saved in that tent revival. Wow. And uh, they they asked the pastor to stay there and start pastoring them. And he said, I can't, you know, I pastor in Louisville and I'm unable to stay here and pastor. And so he said, ask brother Webb. And so grandpa Webb stayed and uh, became the pastor there and pastored for 29 years. And then my father, brother Doug Webb, uh, he stepped in after him and pastored for 25 years. And um, so both of my grandpas was preachers. Uh, my uncles are preachers. 
both of my brothers are preachers. Um, wow. And it's just, it's been amazing to uh, see how the Lord has just moved in my family. And I'm, I'm honored for the heritage that I have of a uh, 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 Christian faith and, and Pentecostal. Well, that's yeah. awesome. And I think something that in answering the question, Dr. Tim said, you, a key word was teach. And so I don't think we can expect for that heritage to be taught, to be picked up some will, right. but uh, we can almost guarantee through that teaching. And, and so, yeah. so moving on to our next question, having addressed the biblical support for Christian heritage, how has having a Christian heritage influenced your life personally? And we've just yeah. talked a little bit about that. But yeah, um, how has that infl- impacted you? Absolutely. And what you said uh, went into the next thing that I was going to talk about as far as uh, my grandparents and parents were intentional in their teaching, uh, their families, the plan of salvation, the ways of truth. They just they didn't hope we just caught it like you would mm. catch a cold. <laughs> they uh, they they were intentional in their teaching resulting in a very high percentage of the family being spirit-filled Christians and also active in their local churches and ministry. And for example, as far as intentionality of uh, my parents, my mom uh, was intentional to telling me about Jesus. uh, Even as a a baby, she said, as, as soon as I was born, she started saying the name Jesus to me. And and I, I can second wow. that, obviously not as a baby, but as soon as I can remember, I remember this. She would always tell me a story, a Bible story, probably every evening that I can remember. And then she would say, Tim, one day Jesus is going to knock on the door of your heart. And when he does, you let him in. And November the 10th, 1989, as a four-year-old boy in New York, where uh, currently, Pastor Jeremy Pinson is pastoring, oh, wow. uh, but Brother Jay Bailey was there at the time. Um, uh, Dad was preaching camp meeting there. And uh, normally, uh, as a young boy at four years old, I would sleep almost every service. And uh, I, they called it a Pentecostal pallet. They would lay a, a blanket under the pew and I would go to sleep halfway through the service or something like that. Cause we'd go to church like 330 nights out of 365 a year. So, uh, but anyways, that night as I lay there in front of that front pew, uh, I couldn't go to sleep and, uh, they started having one of them good old fashioned Pentecostal services. Pastor's daughter got filled with baptism of the Holy ghost. People was shouting and, all that good, good stuff. And uh, I remember just feeling the Lord just come on me so strong. Immediately, I knew it was what mom was talking about, where Jesus was knocking on the door of my heart. Dad saw me laying under the front pew crying, and he thought I had woke up scared because of all the shouting and worshiping going on. And and so uh, he come down to me, he said, Timothy, it's okay. You know, this is just a move of the spirit. What's wrong? And I said, dad, I want Jesus to come into my heart. Mm. And he said, well, get up here and just kneel and pray. And I prayed for about 20 minutes and the glory of the Lord filled my soul. My hands shot into the air. And I said, thank you, Jesus, for saving wow. my soul. And at the end of the service, the pastor, he uh, called, he said, do we have any testimonies tonight? 
And as a four-year-old boy, I walked up to the stage and took the microphone out of his hand. And I said, I thank Jesus for saving <laughs> my soul. But uh, anyways, it was just intentional. My parents was consistently teaching me, not pounding it in my head, just teaching me this. This is the way of the Lord. This is the good way. That's so powerful. And uh, several things are popping on my mind as you're talking this. I love that that story, that testimony. Uh, you know, one of the things I think about, you know, people talk about, you know, the big, huge, amazing testimony of somebody that's had a life of drugs, and, you know, had all those things and God miraculously saves them. Uh, those are awesome testimonies Absolutely. and powerful, but, but your testimony is just as powerful uh, as somebody that has been uh, saved as a young child and has that uh, testimony of, of living and working for God. And that's, uh, it's, it's something to very appreciate, you know, and, and be thankful for. And so uh, that's something sometimes people can um, take for granted, right? There's some that, that say, well, you know, I have this Christian heritage and it is what it is. And but my goodness, that's something to be thankful for and something to be appreciated. It's not of. common. And, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as one of your sermons sure. go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I was thinking you're ta- you've been talking, using the word teaching a lot. Um, and my mind goes to the Great Commission where Jesus commands them to to teach whatsoever I, I have uh, you know taught you uh, right. and that great commission where does it need to start if it doesn't need to start in our own homes right um, what does it profit if we you know win the whole world but we lose our family in the process right. and so right. uh, your your testimony of your family passing it down to the next generation teaching them, uh, about um, the faith and about what it looks like to walk with God is it's such a privilege and such an, it's an awesome yeah, thing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about your great, uh, great, or your great grandfather um, who has, you know, started this whole thing and just my, what God has done and generational impact, right? Um, upon, upon you. Uh, and so it's a wonderful testimony so let me ask you from so from your perspective what do you see as some of the prominent issues that can prevent uh, the passing Mm -hmm. down of a christian heritage yeah that's wow that's a can be a very deep deep question there um i'm sure that there's many uh but one that one issue that i see that uh many times uh, we become maybe too materialistic minded in our thinking and uh, that that might produce more of a desire for the things of the world uh, in our children or even in our, you know, in the people that we influence uh, that, you know, they would be more influenced to desire the things of the world rather than the things of God. But uh, my parents always, uh, you know, it wasn't, you can't do this and you can't do that, but it was more of, uh, let's do this and let, you know, let's live mm. for the Lord. Let's be involved in the church. And even when That's my good. dad uh, wasn't a pastor, uh, when he was just what you would call a lay member or a lay preacher, he stayed involved consistently in anything that was going on at the church. He was rooted in the home church, even when he wasn't on the stage, you know, he was behind the scenes running the sound or, you know, opening up the church, turning the lights off after church, making sure, you know, that he was involved in any capacity. And even if he wasn't the one preaching, he was amen and or supporting the one who was. Mm-hmm. And I just saw that consistent 
uh, prioritization on on serving the Lord. And actually, my dad was a a draftsman. Um, and you know, that was let me think. 35 years ago uh, to 40 years ago, he he went to school for it. He did, you know, did it. He was amazing draftsman. He 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 uh, actually designed several of the large skyscrapers in Louisville, and he was making a fifty dollars an hour. You know, 38 wow. years ago, so that was That's a, a lot, lot of money. money. And then yeah. God called him into full time ministry, and uh, he walked away from you know a great career and great money. And I've always respected him for that. If he had stayed in that job, you know, we probably would have been more well off as far as financially. Well, not probably, definitely. But uh, I wouldn't trade the heritage that I have for any amount of money in the whole world. But anyways, I kind of got off track of your question there. But the Bible tells us, you know, as far as being materialistic minded, and I feel like that is one of the issues. First John 2 and 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But I, I love that the Word of God is not just doesn't just deal with the negative side or the issue of it. But he says he tells us what to do in Colossians three and two: set your affection, set your love on things above, yes. not on yeah. things on earth. And we need to be cautious and intentional about what we teach the next generation to desire and to pursue. Mm. That's so good, you know. Uh, that that idea of being, you know, having material things, material things in and of themselves are not evil or wrong, right? Uh, it's the love of money totally that right. is the root sure. of all evil, not money itself. Right. But it, it can become a trap in which uh, we, you know, as parents, put the focus on material things and sure. gaining things in this life as being the goal for our children. And, you know, um, again, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And uh, what does it profit if, you know, our children have huge 401ks and have, uh, you know, giant houses and the latest cars and the best clothes, but spiritually, you know, they're uh, impoverished, right? Um, and so it, it's a trap that we want to guard against. And so I think yeah. it's really wise that you bring that up. And, you know, your your parents' example of sacrificing to give you the spiritual riches that you have mm -hmm. is one that is applicable to our day and our age right now. I mean, I see so many people, um, you know, our age, middle-aged or so, that raising kids and my concern for them is – you know, okay, great. I'm, uh, you're doing wonderful in the, the eyes of the world financial, but are you paying attention to the spiritual welfare of your children? Uh, and that's something that we have to focus on. We really have to be intentional on. And, and so I really appreciate you bringing that up. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll say as well, my, my mom and dad never uh, pushed us in the sense of you need to be a preacher or, you know, if you work a secular job, then you're, you know, then you're missing the will of God or anything like sure, that. Sure, sure. Always taught us to, uh, you know, to work and to, uh, to provide. And and uh, when we, 
actually when each of us boys, my brother David, which pastors uh, Hodgenville Pentecostal Church, and now my brother Philip, who pastors Calvary Holiness Church. Um, that's actually the church that Grandpa Webb started, and then Dad pastored. Now my middle brother Philip pastors. But when each of us told Mom and Dad, you know, at our specific time that we felt called into the ministry, um, they didn't discourage us, but they challenged us to make sure, you know, that it was the Lord and not that we were just doing it because our grandpas was and because our uncles was. They uh, wanted us to get it, you know, for ourselves, And uh, they taught us the ways of God, but they, you know, didn't pound it on us, you know, that you have to do this or you have to do that. And I'm thankful that they showed us by example of how to seek the Lord and how to walk in his ways. Yeah, that's so good. So stepping into one of our final questions for the younger listeners, so my demographic that are listening today, how can they begin to see the importance of a Christian heritage? We we live in an era of deconstruction and questions and relative truth, and all of these kinds of things are impacting my generation. So what's your, if you're, you can, the young people can listen to you, what would you have to say to them? Well, there's there's so many things that our young people is dealing with. Um, you know, we can learn uh, from the importance of uh, passing on the Christian heritage by, uh, you know, reading about the examples given throughout the Word of God, such as referenced in Acts 21 and 8 and 9 about the evangelist Philip. Uh, he had four daughters. The Bible said that they were righteous and that they prophesied. And uh, those four daughters had a relationship with the Lord. It didn't just happen by accident. Their their father had taught them, showed them the way. Uh, Paul exhorted the young man, Timothy, you know, that same genuine faith that's in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. Timothy, it's in you also. Stir it up. And I would just encourage, Mm -hmm. you know, this young generation that their families that's uh, you know, that's been raised in church and tried to pass down the heritage. Don't don't look at your grandma or your mom or dad that's, you know, in church that's on fire for God. Don't look at them as outdated, you know, or something that's not relevant for this hour. Um, they know the truth. They're teaching you the truth. They're leading you in the ways of truth. And as long as they're, you know, teaching you the things of the word of God, follow after them with all your heart. And uh, there is real, genuine truth in this hour, and it is still the Word of God. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And and if I just for one second here can speak to the other end of the spectrum, you know, so my dad uh, was not saved, and uh, he, he was saved for a period of time, but backslid. Uh, my mom uh, was saved. Um, but, you know, really don't have uh, a lot of Christian heritage. Um, and so, you know, for the person who maybe doesn't have those things, I want to encourage you that you can be the catalyst to start that in your generation. Right. And that, um, some young person in the year 2150 (laughs) is going to say because of grandpa, so-and-so because of grandma, Mm -hmm. so-and-so. I'm serving the Lord today, and they started this heritage. Um, and really, for me, 
that is one of the missions of my life is to is to pass that to my boys that they would have that heritage and that they would pass it on to their children and so whether you have a christian heritage that you can you know look to or maybe you're somebody that doesn't and and, and you miss that and long for that uh, I just encourage you that you can be that person in your family that 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 leads in that direction, and the Spirit of God can help you in that. And so, be encouraged wherever you fall in that spectrum. So, in conclusion, uh, maybe talk to the person uh, as as I've kind of have uh, who doesn't have a Christian heritage, but wants to begin that Christian heritage. What advice would you give to them? Yeah, absolutely. I'd encourage them to. Let the Christian legacy start with you and start where you are. You can't you can't wish that you were here or have this family or or not have certain family. You you didn't pick your family tree. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And uh uh so you know, if you don't have that Christian heritage, uh start where you are and uh Give it to your children down the road. Get rooted in your local church that teaches the truth. Get involved with the church, building the kingdom of God. Uh, I would encourage them to pray that God would give them guidance needed to train up their children when that time comes and nurture the younger ones in the way of the Lord. And even if, you know, even if it's we're talking to a teenager, a young adult that hasn't started their family yet. And they're just getting into church. They've just recently got saved. Everybody influences somebody. And um, there is young people in my church that has just as much influence as the middle age and the elders because of the life that they are living. People look up to them and they don't even realize the influence that they have. And so if we're talking to some young adult or some young teenager, I want you to know you have a, a great gift from the Lord that you can reach people that nobody else can and you can influence others that nobody else can. And the, the, you know, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few and we need all the young people we can that'll step up and start this legacy in their generation and pass it to the next. Mm, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. And, and you know, you, you got me thinking about how, for the that person maybe who isn't married yet, uh, who hasn't, uh, you know, you're in that season before marriage. How important it is that you mm-hmm. marry a godly spouse, right? Um, it's really hard to pass down a, a Christian heritage if one of you is pulling for the things of God and one of you isn't. And so, um, you know, as you're maybe in, if you're a young person listening and you're in that dating. Um, Seen, you know, you're in that that age where you're you're considering who you're going to spend your life with. My, you, it's so important that you uh, have somebody that will uh, together that you can have this Christian heritage with, and that will uh, be uh, a support in that. And so, um, it's it's really critical that you think about that as part of where your future is going to lie spiritually mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what you're going to pass down. I see so many young couples get messed up in that area because they put so many things in front of uh, the spiritual aspects of that. So, yeah, well, that's so good and so, so helpful. And I pray that it's been a blessing 
to each and every one listening. And whether you're, um, you know, a first generation Christian, third, fourth, fifth generation, uh, whether you have a long Christian heritage or you're a new Christian yourself, this in, this episode will be an encouragement to you to think about uh, how you can pass uh, this Christian faith to the next generation both in your family and those that you influence in the house of God, that you would uh, be one who passes down the faith to the next generation and influences them towards the things of God, uh, because it's so important in this day and hour that we're living in that we, uh, we think about those things and we hold on to the faith that God has entrusted into us. So thank you, Pastor Tim, yes, for your time today you. and for uh, speaking to this important issue. You did such a wonderful job and it's such an important issue. And we appreciate you and your family and your ministry. And we pray God's blessings upon you. And uh, we thank you for thank your time you today. Much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Questions of Faith podcast. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing and writing a review on your preferred audio platform. That would really help us out. This show was produced by Brad Stevens, theme music by the band Liquify. Questions of Faith is a ministry of Faith Tabernacle Assembly of God located in Denton, Texas. The goal of this podcast is to equip the modern-day Christian with answers to timeless questions. If you would like to submit a question that may be highlighted on the show, you may do so by emailing us. That email address is questions at ftdenton.com. You may also submit a question by messaging our Facebook page, Questions of Faith Podcast. And until next Monday, God bless.